The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried, says Gilbert Chesterton. I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is God's Wisdom for Today, a weekday live broadcast series from the book of Proverbs. Just like a proverb, this show is a short, wisdom-packed nugget of truth teaching us how to live our lives well. The book of Proverbs is an invitation from God to step into the wisdom of God. It is a very practical roadmap for developing the skill of living. We're going to dive into episode 30 today, and we're going to take a look at Proverbs 2, verses 7 and 8. I'm going to read it to you in two different translations. We're going to talk about the language and what it means, and then we're going to connect it to our lives by asking ourselves some questions. But before we get started, let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to open your word. No matter how unsettled I feel or what the world looks like, your word is solid ground. It is a sure foundation, and I'm so grateful that you've given it to us. Spirit, I ask you to open it up to us today in our understanding and whatever lessons or whatever teaching that you need to do in each one of our own lives, I pray that you would do that. And I pray that you would guide my words and my thoughts and my actions so that all that I do and say in this time would be honoring to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a look at Proverbs 2, verses 7 and 8. I'm going to read it in the ESV, and I'm going to read it in the message. So the ESV says, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the path of justice and watching over the way of his saints. The message says, he is a rich mine of common sense for those who live well, a personal bodyguard to the candid and sincere. He keeps his eye on all who live honestly and pays special attention to his loyal, committed ones. In this verse, we're continuing to talk about the benefits of two different things given to us in verse five, understanding the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Now, yesterday we saw that God was the source of all wisdom. Today, we have four benefits of that wisdom from God, four benefits for those who fear the Lord and know him. The first one is sound wisdom, or I think the message translated it common sense. When we think about that, what what really is that? It means sound judgment, wisdom that leads to practical success. It's often translated as common sense, wisdom that's applicable to real life. It's not head in the clouds kind of knowledge that doesn't make any sense with what we're actually doing in life. It's practical. And God stores it up for us. Earlier in Proverbs 2.1, this word was translated as treasure. It was the responsibility of us to treasure God's commandments. Here we see God setting up a treasure, storing up sound wisdom, which absolutely is a treasure, right? And who is the treasure for? The upright. The New English translation note says, the Hebrew word translated upright is one of the terms used for the righteous. It points to the right conduct of the believer, that which is right or pleasing in the eyes of God. It stresses that the life of the individual is upright straightforward. It's just. And this is paralleled with those who walk in integrity. Remember, the couplet often have a parallel. It's two lines together. This one is parallel with those who walk in integrity. That was the first benefit of knowing God. God creates a treasure store of practical wisdom for the righteous. The second is a shield. Who receives shielding? He is a shield to those who live with integrity. 
The last line we have the upright. This is the parallel. Those who live with integrity. People who live with integrity are following a code of moral soundness. They're acting honestly. They have uprightness. They keep their promises. It means completeness or blamelessness. Let's talk for a minute about a shield. That's one of the words that we know what a shield is, right? But it kind of helps to break it down so that we can apply it to the verse. It's a defensive piece of armor that protects its bearer. It's used when you're under attack, when you're fighting. It is a protective cover. So when you think about that, that's what God is for those who live in integrity, a protective covering for our life, implying that we will need protection from being under attack. Third, he guards the path of those walking justly. This is God guarding. He's protecting and overseeing. He's making secure and watching over. He's safeguarding. The Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the original Hebrew and the translation quote that most New Testament authors and Jesus referenced, it translates the word in this passage as a verb that means to watch over like a military sentinel standing alertly at his guard post, keeping a careful watch to make sure that his base remains safe. So think of God like that, as a sentinel standing watch to make sure that you are safe. But what is he actually guarding? This verse says he's guarding our path, where we're walking through life. In the name of my company, the gravel road that we call the path that we're on. Remember, we're talking about the path of the righteous and the wicked at at different times in these verses. And God is standing as a sentinel on the life path of those who live justly. Fourth, he watches over who the message call his loyally committed ones. Other translations say the faithful or the saints those who are living in the actions that we listed earlier this week. So it's his committed disciples. Again, this is a benefit of God doing what? Watching over the way of his people, preserving their way. The translation, some of them use the word preserving. He preserves the way of his godly ones. When you think about making preserves, it's a way of making fruit last, right? Extending their life, keeping them from decay. When we add preservatives to food, We're keeping it viable over time. God preserves our lives. One implication that you can make from this is that we need preserving, right? If you need to be encouraged by this particular truth or to have it reinforced in your mind, go to Psalm 121 and read it slowly. It uses the same Hebrew word for preserve six times in eight verses. To recap, the benefits of knowing God are that God himself is storing up practical wisdom for you. He is shielding you, he is guarding your path, and he is keeping you or preserving you. Well, let's ask ourselves some questions. These are benefits of knowing God, practical outworkings of your relationship with him. But remember that the relationship itself is far more important than the benefits of the relationship. Do you ever fall in the trap of valuing the benefits of your relationship with God more than the actual relationship? And if so, when do you find that happening and how can you avoid it? If you are going to think about your life, how would you say it compares to the requirements of these verses? Being upright, walking in integrity, living justly, and being a loyal, committed follower. How would you evaluate your life based on those things and why would you answer that way? What does your answer tell you about your relationship status with God? If you want a place to keep track of all these answers, I do want to remember to tell you, you can go to getwisdom.link backslash email 
We send free journal pages out every Sunday night as a place to keep track of your answers or so you have time to think about them more carefully over a long term. That was getwisdom.link backslash email. As for me, I've been thinking about the whole idea of relationship status. What if we had that for our relationship with God like we do on Facebook? What would yours be? Like the generic inner relationship or single or just checking this God thing out or married or it's complicated? I'm certain that mine would be committed. But I wonder sometimes if people who are looking at it from the outside would see that status and say that I'm walking in integrity or living justly or being upright. I hope so. But I know, I know my heart better than anyone else. And so I see the gap between me and that ideal more and more. But my heart is also drawn to close it, to say, yes, I want to walk in integrity. I want to have a righteous life. I want to have God standing as sentinel over my path. I want to be on that path where he's standing. I don't want to be over on the other paths. I want to be on the path where he is standing. How about you? What will you do with what you've learned today? Let's close in prayer. Lord, I so appreciate your call to us for wisdom, but help us not desire it for success, for the practical applications so that we can be a success in this world. Help us desire it so that we can know you better and love you better, so that we can love other people better and live a life in which our hearts are transformed into the likeness of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.